Welcome to the Calm Collective Podcast. I'm Cassandra. I'm a writer and an advocate on going inward to gain personal growth so that we can achieve a state of mindfulness and total self-awareness. This is a space dedicated to celebrating life in all of its forms, the good, the bad, and all of those imperfect moments in between that make up the human experience. You're not in this alone, and I'm here to remind you that each episode as we dive deep into the raw and the real. Are you ready? Here we go. Hey friends, welcome to another episode of the Calm Collective Podcast. I am Cassandra, and if this is your first time here, first time listening, then welcome, welcome. I'm so grateful to have you sharing this space with me today. So currently I am actually in Chicago, just spending some time. Um, Unfortunately, my childhood home, the basement flooded. And so I'm here to just take some time to help my mom through the process and to just be of comfort to her and vice versa. Um, And in the meantime, I also have a lot of photography clients in the Chicago area that I'm really, really excited to be connecting with for photo shoots in the next coming week or so. So other than that, I wanted to let you guys know that I'm going to be starting to host Q&A podcast episodes where it is just me answering some of your questions. So I recently on the blog, I guess about a month or two ago, I started a new series, the mindfulness series, where it it basically asks that you guys send me your questions revolving around mindfulness, how to how to stay mindful, how to find it in certain subjects such as mothering or in the work-life balance or what what have you. Um, and I thought it would be helpful because of the kinds of questions that I'm getting to be able to do podcast episodes here and there answering those questions as well. So I really encourage you guys to continue sending the questions through DM on Instagram. It's a really great way to get a hold of me. But you can also always email me at hello at thecalmcollective.com. All questions will be answered in order, and I plan on starting this next week. So you should be seeing some of that soon. Speaking of questions, one question that I get often, phrased differently each time, but is how to deal with anxiety. So I, I think this goes without saying, but I am in no way a therapist. However, I have definitely dealt with anxiety and I'm happy to say that I have come out on top of anxiety. One thing to keep in mind is that we are all human beings, which means we're all dealing with human conditions. Anxiety is not something that you have or you don't. I think anxiety is something that can come in waves. So even if you are someone that doesn't suffer from an anxiety disorder, more than likely you've tasted anxiety before in your life. So I just want that to be said. I want the people who are suffering um, more than others to understand that they're in no way, shape, or form alone in this journey at all. So my story with anxiety started after my dad had passed away in December of 2013, which is extremely normal for someone who just went through trauma and a loss. Um, So I was always able to credit myself for that and just remind myself that I was moving through a process. But it started to get really intense to the point where if my phone would ring or I would get a text message, I I would sort of unravel. I would just get super, super tense and 
um, black calls and yeah, it was just like a very slippery slope that I found, I found myself going down. And a lot of that I learned was traced back to the fact that when my dad was alive and really sick, phone calls were a trigger. Text messages were a trigger because I never knew what that phone call was going to be. So especially if it was from a family member, everything in my body would just freeze and I would go into panic mode because I was afraid that I would be getting the call or the text that would change my life forever. And so that just sort of developed into just any sort of ringtone or any text message chime. It was really, really difficult to move through. And I think... I think because of this, I used to get, I used to get so anxious that it started to put a dent in my work life because I, I I started to fear rejection on a regular basis. And I basically closed down so many areas of my life due to anxiety and grief. And, and in turn, I just started to lose sight of who I was. So to most people, everything looked normal. And yeah, I was going through a major loss in my life and It was so expected of me to be sad, but I was so good at closeting just how bad I really felt. And so whether it's someone you know or it's you yourself who are just coming to terms that you may be in the same boat, I wanted to give you guys um, some simple ways that you can determine if this is in fact what you're struggling with. So some anxious personality symptoms to look out for. If you're having trouble sleeping, it's a big sign. Not being able to sit still unrealistic sense of urgency. So this used to be my number one thing. I would always have this like fear, like not just like out of respect of not wanting to be late, but like a fear of being late. Um, a very, I was, I always felt like I was in a hurry to get from point A to point B. Um, if you feel constantly cold with tingling limbs, shortness of breath, heart palpitations, Uh, Dry mouth is a big sign. Nausea and lack of appetite is a big sign. Tense muscles and sore joints are also another red flag. So I know there's also like a bunch of free tests that you can take if you feel like you're struggling from anxious personality disorder. But really the truth is, is that like if if you're struggling, then you're struggling. That's just all there is to it. I don't think that you need a test to tell you if anxiety is getting in the way of your life. So I just wanted to share 10 tips for people with anxious tendencies. And these are tips that truly helped me through my process. And I just, I feel very confident in sharing these with you that you yourself can also get a hold on what's making you uncomfortable and what's making you feel off balance and get you to a more mindful, calming state. Now, again, the most important thing to remember is that if you need extra help. Like if you are in it so deep, please see someone, please reach out and see someone and get the guidance that you need. But if you feel like maybe you're just in the the beginning thick of it and it's something that you just need to hear that someone else has been through and was able to cure, by all means, try these tips. The first one that I would say is to limit your caffeine intake. Uh, I think we all know that too much caffeine can leave us feeling super jittery and unbalanced. And while little is helpful for sure, just be sure to limit yourself to one serving a day or two servings a day. You know when your body is starting to feel over-caffeinated. You can always replace your second or third cup with herbal tea. Um, I really love any form of chamomile and mixing that with like orange or something citrus. 
Um, and also just having a water bottle that shows me how much water I'm drinking. I find it to be really, really encouraging. So staying super, super hydrated throughout the day. The second tip that I would offer is to take up meditation, but in whatever form works for you. I know that sitting upright on a meditation pillow and, um, you know, sitting with your thoughts in a super still room isn't for everyone. It's not for me. Actually, I always have to have a little bit of noise and I actually prefer to be laying down or meditating when I'm soaking in a bath or even just meditating when I'm in the car. The truth of the matter is that you can meditate anywhere. It's all about your mind thoughts and being able to control your mind thoughts. So that, in addition to breathing work, I think is huge. Um, some A breathing trick that I have is uh, breathe in six and out six and just holding it and letting it go for six counts. It truly slows everything down. Also, you can look down at your hands and just identify each finger. So like when you're feeling really, really anxious, look down at your hands and say, this is my thumb. This is my index finger. This is my middle finger. This is my ring finger. This is my pinky. And just do it all over again until you can notice that your breathing is starting to slow down, your anxiety is starting to melt away, Totally a good trick, especially for um, anyone who's anxious with road rage or traffic or anything like that. Um, another tip would be to not eliminate cardio. Um, I know that it sounds counterintuitive because you might think that doing cardio obviously increases your heart rate and it doesn't bring forth that calm energy, but really endorphins. It just pumps endorphins and it brings you to like this happy mindful state that is so critical. I know I have lacked on cardio from time to time and I always can tell it. I can tell it's lack within myself when I'm not getting the endorphins that I need. Another one is to focus on your diet. So just be mindful of common foods that you're putting into your body and are they helping you or are they hurting you? And some foods that you, um, including your diet that have been shown to calm your nerves are salmon, almonds, blueberries, asparagus, avocados, and walnuts, which I think is pretty cool. So just be mindful of what it is that you're putting in your body. Are you eating a lot of sugar? Are you eating way too much protein? Like all of these things can make a huge, huge difference. Another thing is to be conscious of the music that you're listening to. Sound is so crucial, I think, to staying mindful, being calm, um, matching your energy. So there's one thing if like you're feeling kind of off and just in a bad mood, being able to play some uplifting music can totally cure that. But if you're feeling anxious and frazzled, you don't want to listen to techno music. You don't want to listen to, I don't know, Rihanna or what have you. Bad example, bad example. But I think that you get what I'm trying to say. If you're feeling anxious, put on some calming music, put on a yoga playlist, put on Jack Johnson, just something that's going to make you flow, nothing that's going to make you feel like you're about to jump out of your own skin. Another tip is to give back. Uh, I think that this is one of the most surefire ways to rid yourself of anxiety altogether. It's such an amazing way to boost your mood and to rid yourself of daunting thoughts. So doing good for others is probably the easiest and most effective way to also do good for yourself. You can donate to a GoFundMe page, support your favorite charity that's close to your heart, donate to 
pencils of promise to help build schools or volunteer at your local children's hospital. No act is too small, and I promise you'll see a change. And the best part is that the change is immediate. So another one is to be vocal about your triggers. So whether it's your family and friends, your partner, or someone new that you're dating, it's really important to be vocal about your anxiety and what makes you tick or that maybe you've suffered from it in the past. Just being able to name and identify your triggers and then pass those on to your friends and loved ones is so crucial. And I think it's it shows the, the biggest form of self-awareness, being able to know what sets you off. And it's also going to help keep you out of certain situations that you know can you know bring on those triggers. So for me, a lot of that revolves around parades or really crowded concert venues. Those two things are just like not uplifting for me at all. In fact, they're quite crippling. And although I go through most of my days without anxiety anymore at all, if you were to put me in the middle of a parade, I'm not so sure that I would be feeling my best self. And that's totally okay. That's totally okay. Say no more is one of the biggest tips, I think, just in life in general, but also with anxiety. If a lot of people that I know, I'm not so much of a people pleaser, but there's a lot of people that I know that suffer from anxiety when it comes to people pleasing and feeling like they have to do X, Y, Z. They can't let this person down. It's something that they have to do or they'll cause disappointment. My sister is my favorite in general, but specifically when it comes to this subject, if I'm feeling burnt out and like I feel like I need to do X, Y, and Z, she's the first person that I'll say, you know, she's the first person that will say, don't do it. Just take care of yourself. Say no to th- say no to those things and do you. So say no to those things and do you. See how it makes you feel. As I mentioned above, seeing a therapist can be extremely helpful if you suffer from anxiety. Um, it was one of the best things that I did for myself amidst my grief and battle with anxiety. So sure, it was mentally exhausting. But each time I would walk away feeling like 100 pounds was stripped from my shoulders. My therapy was specifically centered around grief, but within that lied so many practices and remedies for my anxious behavior and as a result of my sadness. So be sure to pay attention to what's at the center of your behavior. Are you anxious because of a past trauma? Are you anxious because of your job? Are you anxious because of how you grew up, your current surroundings? Find the answer to your why in research which therapy avenue might be the best for you. Some really benefit from group therapy, while others would rather have a one-on-one, which is usually where I lie. So live in the calm is another good tip. Pay attention to your surroundings. Are you in New York City and suffering from severe anxiety? This may not be the best place for you in your mental state, if that's the case. So loud noises and large crowds are one of the easiest ways to set off someone with crippling social anxiety or even just feelings of urgency. So if leaving your town isn't an option, I totally get it. Be sure to set your living situation up to be your calming retreat then. Take any means necessary to revamp it into a sanctuary of sorts, including definitely not limited to colors, scents, and textures. So when you walk into your home every day, you should feel incredibly safe and relaxed. So I completely understand and empathize that finding and paving a new way of life is extremely challenging. I know this to be true, but I also know that living with anxiety and such intense urgency is way, way more difficult than putting in the effort to get to the root of the problem. 
So I really want to encourage any of you listening to this who can relate to the traits above, whether it's just one or all, that the smallest steps made can drastically impact your life moving forward and give you the ability to live free of feeling tired. How lovely would it be to rid yourself of those unrealistic deadlines that you've created for yourself or the difficulty that you have making decisions because everything just seems to overwhelm you. Implementing these tips can truly set you off to the path of living a calm and simple life and just designing the life that you've always wanted to live. So is my life perfect the way that it is right now? Now, Like, no, not even close. I'm still sad and living in grief every day, and I always will be. And there are still times where certain situations, like I mentioned before, parades and concerts, will always make me feel a little bit more uncomfortable. But I've never felt more free or independent or unapologetic in my entire life for who I am and what I've gone through. And every decision that I make is now easier than ever because my mind is clear. I'm in full control of my schedule. The people in my life are all there for a reason. And I'm able to recognize old patterns before they get out of control. And I know myself well enough to avoid my triggers and to tackle them head on by using one or all of the steps above. And I also make it a point to forgive myself immediately should any missteps occur because, of course, they will. I know that life is hard and it's tricky, but what if you could rid yourself of anxiety once and for all and face everything with a clear head? And what if you could take deep breaths when faced with a difficult decision rather than break down into a full-on panic attack? And what if you could relieve yourself of society's pressures and instead live your life the way you want to? Wouldn't that be nice? I promise you, you can, and I'm here to help should you need it. And I'm actually offering one-on-one coaching sessions right now around mindfulness and also around grief. So if you're someone who's suffering from loss and you just can't seem to get out of the thick of it, or if you want to find new ways to become unstuck and more self-aware and live life in a more mindful, open-minded way, these one-on-one sessions are pretty great. And I'm so excited to have a handful of clients now that I'm hopeful We'll leave reviews so the rest of you can see how it's working through them and for them. And if it's something that you feel like you're interested in as well, you can email me at hello at thecalmcollective.com to get more information. Thank you so much for joining me today for this episode that's near and dear to my heart. If you loved it and you've listened to other episodes and love them, I would be so grateful if you would just take 20 seconds to leave a review over on iTunes. It's truly the best way that you can pay it forward to the Calm Collective as it helps this podcast land in the laps of other people who may need it. Thank you so much again for being here.